I define sustainability as being able to continue to be in the business. And, and to be in the business, you've got to be making money. And to do that, you've got to be successful at production efficiency. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry, one that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here, you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swine It Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Just All, always one step ahead in swine feeding. Adiseo provides programs and services to help producers achieve their targets in a high-quality, safe, and sustainable way. Alonco's Prevacent, a new perspective. Visit prevacentpers.us to learn more. NutriQuest, experts serving producers and delivering breakthrough solutions. Genesis, the first power in genetics. AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Zinpro, essential trace minerals, exceptional performance. Every Pig, a simple yet powerful pig health and production management tool. Welcome to the Swine It Podcast Show. My name is Marcia Gonçalves, your host for today's episode. Dr. Steve Pullman, welcome back to the Swine It Podcast Show. Thank you very much. I'm excited to chat with you about benchmarking. I mean, your experience uh, over the years in, in large, in a very large production system, it's, it's going to be great to get your insights here today. So the first thing is, why is benchmarking important? Well, you know, benchmarking from my standpoint is just a good way of assessing where you are relative to the industry. And I think all of us, to be able to improve, we need to know what the competition is doing, both internally and externally. And so I really look at benchmarking as a reality check, and it really is something we have to look at and say, how are we doing relative to the, the industry as well as the biology potential of the pig? Very good. And as you look from a business standpoint, uh, but also from a production standpoint, so what would be your few business drivers and also your few production drivers there? Well, and, and from a business driver standpoint, obviously you're looking at uh, cost of production and also profitability. And those are the two big ones and everything else is related back to those. Uh, and so uh, in many cases with benchmarking, the financial aspects are more challenging to get to. Uh, right. So often we use, use the production indicators because uh, in production, it's really a throughput-based business, and as we improve the production indicators, our costs will be lowered. And when costs are lower, generally we'll see improvements in profitability, at least controllable costs are lower. This episode's sponsor highlight is about Gestall. Celebrating its 25th anniversary, Gestall manufactures the original wireless standalone swine feeding system, designed by pork producers for pork producers. They are simple, reliable, and provide peace of mind 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Gestal is not just manufactured by an equipment company, but by a family pork production business with a slat-level understanding. Gestal, always one step ahead in swine feeding. 
Very good. So within the production side of things, um, it, you know, let's look, I guess we can look at South Farms first and then we'll finish later. But what would be the, the top drivers? Well, from my standpoint in a sow operation, the biggest single driver is weekly pigs produced. And do I get a consistent output of a high quality wean pig each week? Now, unfortunately in the industry, we measure that with some sometimes challenging metrics, but what we're really trying to do is consistent throughput. And when we get consistent throughput, then that lowers our cost of wean pig production. Right. I, I think sometimes folks spend too much time talking about pigs per sow per year, right? And um, you can have a good number on that one, but sometimes that doesn't translate to consistent weekly you know, throughput. Yeah, that's, that certainly has been a paradigm our industry has faced. As we start chasing PSY and really don't totally understand the components of that and from the business standpoint, and some of the early work that's been done for the past decade or so shows that PSY is not a very good metric to drive business performance. It's more of a, I'm going to use the word bragging term more than mm-hmm. a competitive term for improvements in efficiency. I love it. And as we transition to the wind finish side of things, what, what do you like to look at there? Well, to me, the biggest single indicator is wean to finish livability. And when that number's right, everything else seems to parallel. Growth rates come along. Uh, if I've got adequate days on feed, I can get the market weights I need. And, and so if I were to look at one number in wean to finish, I'd look at livability. And then that translates into pigs place that go to market. I love it. And that's a very good proxy for the health status, right? And it's right. impressive to see like some negative flows for a few diseases are just, uh, they, they perform way better than anything else. Absolutely. Super good. Um, what else? Uh, let's see, Dr. Pullman, uh, on, on benchmarking, you know, cost is hard. Uh, you know, caloric efficiency sometimes is hard. Um, is that something they would like to look at as well from a caloric efficiency standpoint? Well, I've monitored caloric efficiency and it, it's a bit of a blur. You know, a, a lot of the caloric values used in the, the systems are not necessarily aligned with the benchmarking systems. And in the truest sense, I, maybe I look at it fairly simplistic to say if, if I can keep the pigs living and growing fast, feed efficiency or caloric efficiency are just outcomes. And you know, the, the interesting aspect of feed efficiency or caloric efficiencies, there's so many adjustments that one needs to do to do a good comparison. It might be start weights, it might be days on feed, it might be caloric density of the diet, uh, slaughter weights, uh, with or without uh, reptopamine and all of the various aspects, pelleting or no pelleting. And generally to do a good benchmark on feed efficiency is equally challenging. You like to mention on the stretch goals, right? And yes. uh, can you explain that concept and how folks can use that in their operation? Well, to me, the use of a stretch goal or target really moves benchmarking from just an academic pursuit to a business activity. So in essence, you say, this is where we're at in our system. And this is where we need to be. And 
we compare both internal and external benchmarking and then establish a value on the key metrics that we need to improve. And that way, once you identify what those stretch targets are, then you can put together the required tactics for the improvement that's necessary. Say if that's a, say if your objective is to have a, a wean to finish mortality of less than 3% mm-hmm. and you're running 8%, that's a major accomplishment, not a realistic target. Mm. And so what you really do is the stretch target provides you a measure of what's realistic and what's obtainable, and then you can define methods to accomplish that. I love it. Yeah. So say if it's 8%, maybe six might be closer to realistic or something along those lines. Yes, that's right. And say, and if you look at your internal and your internal is giving you four and a half percent, you can say, why can't I get the other 75% of my operation to look like my top 25% of the operation? And that's, that's really a critical component. Now it requires a fairly large system to have that internal benchmark, but yeah, I think it's, it, that's an important indicator to say, how are my better farms performing relative to my group mean? You know, the fundamental definition in my mind of improvement is to decrease variation. And when you decrease variation, you're going to get improvement generally. Right. And, and let's just clarify maybe, right, variation across the system, maybe not necessarily within the group of pigs, which that, that one is a little harder uh, overall, maybe easier from a marketing strategy standpoint, but you are meaning more from an overall system. Yes. An example would be is uh, if, if you have, uh, say, 25 closeouts a month mm-hmm. and your average lean to finish uh, mortality is 5%, but you have some that are as good as 3% and some are as bad as 12%, that's a, that starts to tell you about the efficiency of the system. And so if you can get those outliers, especially in the worst end, it really helps. You know, one particular situation I recall, uh, there was a, about four closeouts or four flows of animals that represented 75% of the variation within the system. So it really helped you lock in to say, okay, I've got to work on these flows because that's where my variation is. Right. Um, how do you, when you are looking at those stretch goals or goals in general, would you discount the expected genetic improvement? Well, we, we know the genetic improvement theoretically is occurring and when depending on the indicator, you know, assume it's somewhere between one and three percent, and if that's what we should be capturing at the commercial level. And if we're not doing that, we're getting further behind if we're not keeping up with the genetic improvement. And so, one of the real objectives with benchmarking is to say, Am I getting ahead of the biological curve, or am I just staying with the curve? And in many cases, improvement is you got to do some catch up as well as maintain the pace to capture the biological improvement you're seeing through genetics and management strategies. Very good. So, if, so let's say if you improve 5% uh, in a given parameter in a given year, that, that's, that probably mean, means you, you captured the genetic improvement and also you know, did other management. Right on. That's exactly the concept. And we know with sows, you know, we typically see a two to three percent improvement in number of pigs weaned per sow per year. And if you're just getting a two percent, you're just keeping with the pace of the industry and not necessarily making any improvement. 
Very interesting. So as we wrap up here, Dr. Pomon, any final insights on benchmarking, but also I'd like to get your cons- your your experience on the whole area of or our message for producers right now uh, that you know they're not going through a good time from a financial standpoint. Right. Any insights on that area would be good as well. Well, uh, I define sustainability as being able to continue to be in the business. Mm-hmm. And and to be in the business, you've got to be making money. And to do that, you've got to be successful at production efficiency. And, you know, we've been through some difficult times the last several months. And frankly, we've created a lot of noise in our data sets just because of the adjustments we've tried to do because of the uncertainty in the marketplace. So we've got to ask ourselves, do we set some of that data aside and just call that outlier? And then at the same time say, okay, for us to be world-class, how do we define that? And uh, I think that's really the objective most have is and the benchmarking information helps you define what success can be. And, you know, I think one of the challenges, it's easy to become complacent. And we find ourselves uh, hitting industry average and declaring a victory. And at the same time, if we hit the averages, we'll never be able to be world class. And so I think from my standpoint, I, I think it's very realistic for all the key metrics, I would strive to be in the top 25%. And once I get the top 25% consistently, I would stretch for the top 10%. And I think that helps us say, how do we make continuous improvement? Um, And when you think about the biological potential of the pig, and then what we actually capture is still a long way apart. Uh, the the upper ceiling of biological potential and actual results can be sometimes as much as a 20, 30% difference. Mm -hmm. And so we continue to narrow what that difference is potentially. NutriQuest delivers targeted breakthrough solutions to animal producers via nutritional and non-nutritional products, services, and technologies. At NutriQuest, we believe in ingenuity inspired by servitude and that our success comes from helping producers realize improved profitability through optimized technologies and efficient operation. For knowledge and news from the global swine industry, access our partner, thepigsite.com. Very interesting. There's also the nutrition standpoint, right? That sometimes you could capture a little more, but then some scenarios, it it just doesn't justify uh, economically, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's gotta be balanced for sure. But nine out of 10 times, generally better performance means more profit. <laughs> right. The way I like to think about that is everything else equally, yes, better performance, better profitability, right? But if the only variable that's changing is nutrition, then uh, you need to run the economics on that single analysis, right? Right. And we know we've got enough variation that exists in our industry. And there's always going to be something that comes through that adds uncertainty to our direction. And so our ability to manage that and continue to stay focused. And generally what happens is we've got to verify that that we assume is occurring. And so production techniques just need to be insured. And I often use the concept of a lead indicator. 
Uh, when we look at performance results, we're looking at those to say, that's what happened after six months, the pigs are in. At the mm -hmm. same time, if I'm not aware of what's happening weekly with uh, mortality or animal treatment or market weights, then it's easy to get behind. And so uh, rely on some lead indicators. And when the lead indicators get better, the closeout results will come along. I'm glad you brought this concept of lead, lead indicators up because it's, and for folks that are not familiar, it's basically an indicator that's going to get you to that go, right? So let's say, hey, if I want to get stronger, well, that's a little, uh, maybe, well, you want to have X uh, right. from um, your biceps want to be X. Well, you better go to the gym three times a week. And the gym three times a week is the lead indicator. Is that a fair analogy there? That's a great one. And, you know, from a practical standpoint, one that's pretty simple is feed outages. We know feed outages are not good. But how do you define a feed outage? And so once you define what a feed outage in your system is, then you measure feed outages. And when feed outages are reduced, performance gets better. And from my standpoint, a feed outage is anytime I walk in a barn and I have an empty feeder, I have a feed outage. Doesn't matter if it's five minutes or 10 minutes or 25% uh, of the feeder. And when I have an empty feeder, that's a feed outage and pigs are going to correct it. Very interesting. I love it. Well, it's been a joy, Dr. Pomon. Thank you so much for your insights on benchmarking. Absolutely welcome. Good to see you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Imagine if with a few key concepts, you could have the potential to create a massive positive impact by bringing from hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars for swine producers. Join this small group and go to the next level of swine nutrition on this seven-week-long elite online training in applied swine nutrition and feeding. It's conducted by myself, Dr. Marcio Gonçalves, and my world-class invited speakers. Additionally, you enjoy an exclusive community to exchange ideas. Go now to www.eliteswinenutritionist.com.